this morning, I want us to um, touch into something that I think this week we've seen on a massive scale as Australians. I think something um, was witnessed on a very big scale for us as a nation. And it was a very revealing series of events this week. Firstly, this week, we, we witnessed here in our nation a big, deep, and powerful cry from the heart of our nation in regards to the Syrian refugee crisis. We saw people take to the streets. We saw people write signs. We saw people come become social media like advocates. I mean, the, the media, every, every um, aspect of media and the nation, people's hearts somehow got connected to the injustice and the brokenness of what's happening to the Syrian refugees. And they went to the street and they said, we've got to do more. Somehow we've got to do more, irrespective of whether they're Muslims or Christians or, or just pagans. doesn't matter. We've got to somehow do more. And this was a very, very, I think, a very Australian trait. I think God has made us to be very powerful in regards to being a compassionate nation. We saw this not long ago when, when in Aceh, Indonesia, was hit with tidal waves, the great outpouring of people's resources and time and energies to rebuild into that part of Indonesia. I mean, the, the, we saw this week something of the heart get bared of our nation in the midst of what others want to try and keep the focus on, the, the, the difficulties of the economics of our, of our age. Um, but it was great to see our nation let out a cry to want to assist and care and give safe passage for the refuge and, and for those that are caught in conflict. And I think it's a wonderful thing that 12,000 Syrians are, are going to be given permanent residency here in our nation. And I'm actually, just to let you know how I'm praying, I'm praying that we in our very suburb would see a number of them move in, that we as the people of the kingdom of God can love them and serve them. So I invite you to join me in praying like that. I invite, and all of the implications that come with that, because God loves them all. And at a cost of apparently an approximation of $700 million, isn't that, it's like when you hear that kind of figure, you go, that's just so huge. That's such a massive deal. But, but the, the heart of the nation was bared. The eyes of the nation were opened. The people moved towards that reality and the resources were released. There's something that I want to teach into about that that I think is very kingdom in nature. Secondly, this week... In regards to the little boy missing, three-year-old boy, William Tyrrell. Yesterday, people got, went out onto the streets everywhere, all over the nation, saying, this is not right that children can't play safely in their yards. This is not right that people would, would, would take and abduct and abuse children. No, this is not right. And there was a cry again in the heart of our nation coming out onto display, out onto the streets. 
It was, it was amazing. I know some of the folk here at the vineyard were out walking in the big walks, the walk for William. Good on you. Well done. And thirdly, just an absolute terrible series of domestic violent cases, violence cases where women have been killed. Again, there is a heartfelt outpouring and cry going on from our nation that says that's not right. It's not okay. This, th- there is something being stirred up here in the heart of our nation. Now, there's going to be all sorts of people that are responding to this out of a sense of um, some out of their own experiences of injustice or their own experience of being violated or their own experience of even being refugees at some points. Um, but And some people are going to respond out of anger and some people are responding out of self-righteousness and some people are just responding from all these places. But there are some people who are going to be responding to this and are responding to this out of the heart of the living God. And that's us. That's us. God is inviting us in the face of everything that's going on that we would be a people that open up our heart to God and to the world in which we live and to bring his love, to bring his rule and reign, to join God in seeing those injustices overturned and the ashes of people's lives exchanged for his goodness, for his healing, for his kingdom, for his love for their life and restoration. This, this, this is go time for the body of Jesus as individuals and as a fellowship of believers as well. We've seen this week, like no other week I don't think I've seen ever, our God, his compassion being stirred up in the heart of a nation that maybe not even know that it's necessarily it's his heart at work in our nation calling the nation and calling us as the people of Jesus to lead the nation into living a compassionate life. And I want you to open your Bible, if you've got one, to Matthew chapter 9. If you haven't, we're just going to go to... um, I've got one here, hang on, on the screen. Is it up there? Yeah, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. All righty. Why don't we just all stand, let's all stand up, and let's all read out together the scriptures. Let's, let's all read this together. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Thanks, folks. Grab a seat. I want to pick up on this idea of kingdom expansion. 
<clears throat> last weekend, uh, about this time, Nicole and I were watching our son Luke finish a triathlon. And as he was finishing, we were standing in the club tent, the Pine Rivers Triathlon Club tent, with a number of other parents and and, uh, very fit-looking people. (laughs) Um, And, uh, I mean, there was just hundreds of these really healthy-looking people all over the place. And um, anyway, we were standing there, and one of the mums, who was also there cheering on her little boy, um, she said to us just as she was about to depart, she said, oh, I've got to quickly go down to the Gold Coast now. And I said, oh, that's a long way to go at this time of day. You know, what are you going for? And, and she said, I have to go down there because my father was rushed into hospital over the weekend. He, he has bowel cancer and they had to do some rather dramatic surgery um, so that he can continue to live for the now. And he's, he's been at the Gold Coast looking for all sorts of alternative healing processes and and um, and I just, I just, your heart just goes, oh, when you hear people's story. Your heart just, if it just goes, oh. You know that feeling. You know that, oh, God. And so I just said to her, I said, what's your dad's name? And she said, oh, his name's Chris. Why? You know, because that's a pretty personal thing to ask. I don't really know the lady I was talking to very well. And, and, and she said, why? And I said, because I want to know what your dad's name is so that I can pray for him every day by name that my loving God would touch his life with healing and hope. And at that, you know, she got a bit like glary eyed and a little bit quivery lipped. And she said, thank you. I said, that's okay. We love to pray. And we just opened up in that moment. Because I'm opening just the door. But it was this that drove my eyes to see what was happening in front of me. There was this compassionate work of the Holy Spirit in me going, Kirk, pay attention to what you are seeing, even as you're feeling what's going on here. And so I did that, and, and, and I am praying that Jesus would do a miraculous work in this man's life. But I said, Jesus, it's on your end now. It's on your end. I've just opened the door and created the opportunity for you to be the God that you say you are. As a follower of yours, I know who you are. Compassion is a rather powerful motivator when it comes to seeing the kingdom of God advanced. For those of us who perhaps feel like the idea of being an evangelist or being an evangelistic person, just be someone who lets God touch your heart with what touches his. Just let him touch your heart. And you will feel yourself being drawn into the expanding work of his love for the people that you're doing life with. 
Now, the, my story is that often, because of life and relationship and, um, you know, both healthy and dysfunctional relationships, sometimes I will want to guard my heart and shut it off because of what I'm either seeing is triggering trauma and pain in me or because what I'm seeing I think is too big for me to bring a solution to or because what I'm seeing I just go, no, I've been there before and I've been hurt. And, and my inclination is to want to close off to that, just turn away from it. But compassion, godly compassion, calls us to overcome our indifference and even our incapacity. This week as I watched Australia hit the streets, I saw many people confront these realities that are very difficult ones, very big ones. But I watched us Aussies conquer or begin the journey of conquering indifference. Now, indifference is the, the fact of, like, that's somebody else's problem. Indifference sees a circumstance, and sometimes our hearts even feel for a circumstance, but indifference wants to come along and say, but don't worry, just ignore it. And it makes us want to live in our pain and justify our responses of wanting to be turn a blind eye or close our ears to what we're hearing. Someone else will fix it. But this week, Aussies put their hands up because their eyes saw and our hearts felt and we were moved to action and resources were released. Now, that's one thing that the federal government has put $700 million on the table, but do you know what it's going to really cost us? It's going to cost us our time if we have a bunch of Syrian refugee people find residency in our suburb, and I'm praying we do, and, in, in, and, and that we as a local church might love them, care for them, look after them, show them how to get to ring a, the right phone number. I mean, it's going to take time, energy, resource, prayer. It's going to take sweat. It's going to take loving concern. It's going to take, hang on, I, I'm looking after my well-being as well as those around me. And that's what it's going to take for us as a nation to fulfill what our hearts have been drawn for and given to. These are really amazing times that we're living in. Amazing times where God is inviting us to into situations that we look at like, like this lady that I was with last weekend at this triathlon, looking at and going, her dad has bowel cancer and has just had massive emergency surgery to save his life and Jesus puts me into that circumstance. It wasn't somebody else's to engage with. It was mine. I was right there. God was putting my, awakening my heart to their, their need. And it's not my resources that will solve his circumstance. But as I stepped into the work of the compassionate power and love of God the Father, what I'm doing is, what we were doing is opening up the opportunity for the heavens to be made manifest in the earth. 
just like God has asked us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in the heavens. On the earth as it is in the heavens. God has the resource. God has the capacity. And as followers of Jesus, as his people, as his people, the church, God is seeking to expand his kingdom through us. His generous rule and reign through us. He's wanting to use our eyes. He's wanting to move through our heart as his compassion massages its way into our life by the power of the Holy Spirit so that our little bit of earth here in the Moreton Bay region would look more like heaven than it did yesterday. And then the day after. And then the day after. As we see the generosity of God break through the darkness, break through our indifference, break through the works of the enemy in our region, break through the powers that are fueling domestic violence, break through the powers that are causing all sorts of refugee activities both at home and abroad. God's kingdom is at hand. And he's just looking for a people that would feel what he feels and come into the power of living like that. For the sake of the world and his great name. And for his great name. The question is, are we willing to see? Are we willing to have our eyes opened? When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. God the Father is opening our eyes and our hearts again to the people and the places in the landscape of our daily life, of our everyday, what we think is very ordinary life. Right there, the kingdom is ready to come. That idea of, it's interesting, you know, Jesus uses these words harassed and helpless to describe this crowd of people that were around him that day. Quite literally, it, it means people that were distressed in their life circumstance. People that were under distress. People that were dispirited. People who were living in a constant circumstance of anxiety or depression. Can we just take a moment and close our eyes? Let's just, every one of us, just for a moment, close our eyes. And as we do, Holy Spirit, would you bring to our heart and to our eyes those folk that we walk amongst every day. The landscape of our everyday life. Would you cause them to just pass before our eyes and our heart right now? Give us just the smallest insight of where there is distress and dispirited people. Those that we look at Take a really good look at them, folks.
Keep your eyes closed. Take a really good look at them with the help of the Holy Spirit. Look at their plight for freedom. Their cry for joy and life. Look how close the kingdom of God is near them. Within reach, to use Jesus' words. Can you see them? Now begin to ask God, please give me your heart, God, for them. Notice any sense of resistance that might be building up in you right now. Notice it. Notice the questions that might be building in you that are wanting to prevent you from engaging. God, I can't can't do that. I don't have the resources. I haven't got the time, God. I, I, I don't feel like I could do this, God. Pay attention to those responses. God, I don't even like them. God, I got no time for this. Now ask again. Say, God, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Let me do this out of the power of your compassion. Okay, you can open your eyes. You can take that conversation home with you today and keep having it. There's something interesting in that scripture there in verse 36 where Jesus says they're like sheep without a shepherd. You know, God is inviting us all to be like shepherds to our world. Jesus talks of how compassion wants to care like a shepherd. And the pictured word that Jesus uses as a shepherd means to to tend, to guide, to feed, to protect, to lead, to provide safe passage and good pasture. God's inviting you to be a shepherd to your world, to your families, to the people in your workplaces, to the lecturers at university that you sit under, to the teachers who are teaching our children at school. to the single-parent families, to the poor. And when you start to, when you start to get a kingdom grip on your, on your life, on your heart, 
I'll, I'll never forget once I was in the Philippines and I was listening to Jackie Pullinger Toe share her story. Now, some, many of you have maybe heard of Jackie Pullinger. She left England as a young lady with a one-way ticket, jumped on a boat, went to um, Hong Kong. And, and um, in Hong Kong, there was this place called the um, something or other city. I've forgotten it. Forbidden City. And the Forbidden City was where all of the, the basically the, 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 the mafia lived. And, and peop- the inside the city, it was a walled city, literally, there was a different way of life than outside the wall. Inside the wall, it was run by just abuse of power and you name it. Uh, all the, the drug lords and gang lords and everyone ruled the, the, the Forbidden City. And I'll never forget when I was listening to Jackie share her story of how God called her, this young single English woman, to go over to that city and to begin to love that city in his name. If you've never read the book, take your pen out now and write down Chasing the Dragon. That's the name of the book, Chasing the Dragon. It's her story. And she went to this city and she just started with the drug addicts that were on the footpath, basically. Took one in and another and another. Anyway, after many, many years, has an amazing ministry of the kingdom of Jesus into that, into that place. So many lives have come out of all of the stuff that was going on and into the goodness of God for their life and they too now being a blessing to the nations. But I'll never forget Jackie once said, she said, don't you come to Asia and love my poor until you love your own. (laughs) You want to know why we do what we do at the end of the building here? Because it's a call of God on us to love the distressed, love the dispirited, love the broken, love the poor. And yes, we have to overcome our indifference. And yes, we have to continue to walk towards all of that with our sense of, God, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to go for it and see your kingdom come and the resources released. And we've been doing it now for about 12 years. And about 10,000 people a year get loved through that place. But I'll never forget it. When you start to get that, that kingdom, compassionate heart of God, the poor of Moreton Bay regions, who are, who, who, who's poor are they? They're our poor. They're ours. The women of our region right now who are suffering in domestic violence situations, Whose responsibility is it to love them and somehow find a way towards them getting freedom and liberty and life and dignity again? Here. It starts right here. Even as it starts right there where you're sitting. Thus is the kingdom of God. It's not all the poor. It's not all the broken. Oh, it's not all the, the intelligentsia. They're ours in the name of Jesus. God came for them all. 
that they would all know his goodness and kindness and restoration and life. This is like, this is what it means to live in the kingdom of God. And God's inviting us all to be like shepherds, to tend towards them, to lead them, to care for them, to feed them, to show them another way and to invite them into the life of God in Jesus Christ. God's calling, God's calling, God's calling. He's calling us to join him where his kingdom is expanding. He's caught, you know, about six weeks ago, I just felt kind of stirred one dinner time just before we had dinner. We were sitting at the kitchen bench, you know, as we normally do. The, The telly was on and we're all, the kitchen's noisy and everything. But just as we sat down to eat dinner, we were all sitting along the bench there. I just said, let's pray for our neighbours. By name, both sides of the house. So we prayed for our neighbours. By name, both sides of the house. And you know what? Next time we went to, got to dinner the next night, I said, I feel like we're just meant to do that again. Can we do that again, kids? Yeah, right, oh, Dad. And so they kind of join in. And So we've been doing this for like six weeks. Every night, that we sit down. We don't sit down for dinner together every night, but probably about four four nights of the week we're at the bench. And then all of a sudden, the other day, Nick's doing the shopping down in Woolies. And I'm like, where are you, Nick? I, I need to get out. Or, you know, you sit behind. But so she's like, you know, 45 minutes OT, and I'm just trying to ring the phone, like, where are you, where are you? But she's got it in the purse with the sound off, you know, down there. And anyway, eventually Nick gets home with Sarah, and, and I said, you all right? You, you know, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, great. She said, I was just hanging out with um, Amy from next door in aisle 10, or whatever number it was, aisle 10. She said, we, we just started talking. We, we just stayed there for like 40 minutes, sharing life. We talked about God. We talked about how God's in, involved in our life and what that means to us and how she actually has a friend from a workplace that actually left work to follow God as a missionary somewhere. And she, she was like, how does that work? And, what, what? and so all of a sudden, God's opening up a love for our neighbours again. Just like I, I just started praying, hey, God, by name for our neighbours, and he set it up. He set it up. He set it up. Nick just had to walk down all 10. God's inviting us to be shepherds. You see, whose neighbours are they? They're my neighbours. They're mine. Who is God inviting to shepherd them, to tend for them, to pray for them, to care for their needs, to, to have an awareness of their life? Right here. Just as he is for all of us. God's inviting people to be shepherds. And his kingdom is expanding. And my goodness, there's some expansion happening around this place. Whether you like it or not, we got 10,000 neighbours moving in down the end of the street over the next couple of years. Have you noticed that? 10,000 people are moving in. Who's going to take responsibility for them? Who's going to put their hand up to say, God, send me. 
Let me care for them. Let me, let, let us, let us as the people of Jesus at Vineyard Point Rivers be the ones that care for them and welcome them into the region and into their new neighbourhood and let them know that there's a local church up the road. We'll pray, we'll care, we'll do whatever we can. We're a motley bunch, but we love God. He loves us and we see him doing amazing things. He like healing people's bodies, filling their cupboards with food where people have no food and families restored and it's like, Gosh, and you know, there's, there's young people get inspired to want to spend their life for the sake of others. All sorts of crazy stuff. And young families get on fire with God and sell everything and move into state to pastor other churches and things like that. Who, who's going to care for the 10,000 neighbours at the end of the street? Why? Not because I have to. And not because you have to, but this is what the kingdom, the heart of a compassionate God wants to do. wants to bring us alive to what he's doing. Let me finish up. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Compassion is, not, is about getting our hands on. Very earthly realities. And I don't know if you, I don't do a lot of gardening. I do a little bit at this time of year to sort of help fix up the, you know, all the weeds of the winter and throw a bit of stuff on the garden in the hope that spring it comes along and chugs through summer and gets to winter again, dies, and then I start the process again. But usually around this time of year, I get my hands dirty in the garden. Very earthy stuff, you know. Soil and bark and dirt and digging out weeds and putting in plants and all that sort of stuff. Compassionate people, kingdom people, are workers. They're workers. Jesus points it out. They're ones that like to get their hands on very earthly things and see his love come to those very earthly things so that they receive the love of God. Compassion is very hands-on, and as you can tell by that scripture, the harvest, the workload, there is plentiful. In other words, it's a big, it's a big job. It's a big job. There's plenty to do. There's never, there should never be a case of, I got nothing to do (laughs) from Jesus' perspective. I got nothing to do. Well, actually, yeah, we do because there's plenty to do. There is always plenty to do. Kingdom expansion happens in the shepherding work that we get to do with our work, you know, in in our real world as we partner with the heart of God, touching those who are distressed and harassed and dispirited in the context of our everyday life. You haven't got to go far. you just got to open your eyes and then allow the compassion of God to move you. Compassionate hearts of Jesus also love to be put to work. Show me where I can dig. Show me where I can serve. Show me where I can live for the sake of another in the great name of God. Show me what needs to be done. Is it just a simple thing like, I tell you what, 
couple of weekends ago, I, I'm going to finish on this. A couple of weekends ago, I went on this, a good friend of mine, he was, uh, when we were young blokes, we kicked around in a youth group together. He was in my wedding party. And good friend of mine, he, he, um, he, he, he and his um, wife go to a ch- another church not, not far from here. And I, I love him. He's just so great. And he's been at me for years because he's involved in this um, ministry of sponsoring people to go on these weekend retreats with God. And he's been at me. He's like, Kirk, you've got to go to this thing. I'm going to sponsor you. And I'm like, really? It's like 250 bucks. He goes, yeah, I'm going I'm to pay the way. And he's been at me for like three years to go to one of these things. I mean, I keep giving him the, yeah, 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 I'll get there, I'll get there. But, but kind of, you know, not. Until the Lord would orchestrate it that I'm on long service and I actually have time. <laughs> and, he's, and my mate says to me, come on, you're going on it. And, I, and I'm like, well, you know what? I am. <laughs> so he picks me up. He drives over and picks me up. Thursday afternoon, he gets my bag from the front door of my house. He picks up my bag and my pillow and he drags it into his car. He, puts it in. he drives me up to the back of Noosa to a little back retreat center, a little Catholic retreat center in the back of Noosa somewhere. I got no idea where it was really. And, uh, but on the way, he stopped. we stopped at the pub and we had a great steak and, and, and a beer. And I, I pulled out my wallet and he goes, no, 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 I, I'm paying. I went, okay, mate. So anyway, he pays for my dinner. We get to this retreat center, and I meet all these really weird-looking people. There's probably about 50 of them there. And I'm looking at them all, and there's some old familiar faces that I kind of knew from many, many years ago. But anyway, uh, there's all these strange-looking people. Anyway, over the next three days, then my mate grabs my gear, and he says, what bed do you want to sleep on? I'm like, mm, oh, that one I'll do. He goes, here. And he, he, he said, have you got some sheets and things? I said, yeah, there's a sheet. And he goes, here. And he makes my bed for me. He, he gets my pillow up there and gives it a, fluffs it up a bit for me. He opens my sleeping bag, lays it out for me. He says, everything just the way you need? I'm like, dude, yeah, this is great. Fine, thanks. Anyway, he kissed me. And for the next three days, I didn't have to lift a finger Every meal was cared for. I just would walk in and I would sit down at the dinner table. Plonk. Someone would come over to me. Would you like um, this or this for dinner? Oh, I'll have that. that. That sounds good. I'll have that one. I go, okay, one moment. And they go away. And they come back and they give me the, would you like, uh, what sort of drink would you like with that? And, you know, and they'd, give me the, they'd give me a drink and then they'd, is everything all right? Do you need anything with that? No, it's all fine. Oh, actually, a bit of sauce. You got some sauce? Yep, some sauce. That'd be good. And... Anyway, so for three days, I didn't have to think about what I was going to eat, anything. They just loved me. And every time I would sit down in a new place, whether I was in the retreat circumstance or at the dinner table or wherever, they'd make all these little gifts and like cheesy little gifts. You know, like, like one was like a tube of, little tube of Araldite and on it it said, stick with Jesus. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm just like... Really? <laughs> but anyway, that was where I was at at the time. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, whatever. But they just, everywhere I went, every time I come back to my seat, there was more of these kind of cheesy things there for me to look at and fumble through. I came home with a bag full of them, like literally a bag full of them. But along the way, what, what struck me, what God did in me in that setting for three days was he 
He showed me the love that these people had for me, a complete stranger, in serving my every need in the hope that I would meet with God. And I did. Not in some great apparition, not in some great, you know, manifest experience. I met Jesus in the eyes of the people that just loved me for three days, relentlessly serving me. And these people came from all over southeast Queensland. They would just drive in for one meal to serve and care. And No, don't lift the plate. It's all right. We'll clean it. Don't touch a thing. They loved me into the presence of God. That's what compassion does in a person's life. That's what it means to see and live with the heart of God for others. We do these simple, even little cheesy things that we think are the most silly, cheesy thing. God will use that to capture people's hearts, their imaginations, their lives into his loving goodness. That's what compassionate people look like in action. And there's plenty to do. Always plenty to do. Heck, we got heaps to do around this place. To serve each other in our needs of even just being here and meeting here. Like vacuuming carpet, like cleaning toilets. Like, I'll never forget John Bajaya when he first came to me and said, Come on, man, I want to be a pastor. The call of God's on me. I'm like, Right. Let's meet down at the vineyard at this hour. And we met down here. He says, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to clean toilets. And he, you know what? He moved to, he, he sold everything and he's moved his family to Victoria to lead a church down there. And guess what he gets to do down there? Clean toilets. For the greater good and the glory of God and the well-being of others. You hearing me today? You hearing me? Let's... Let's pray for a compassionate release of the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Why don't we just stand and pray? Father, we're your people. We're the people of the kingdom. And we just ask in this space, just for a few moments, that you would catch our hearts. Just catch the attention of our heart. Holy Spirit, would you release now just the manifest love of God upon us. Let us feel the warmth of your presence. Let us feel that the electricity of your love invading our life. Just that furious, relentless love that flows from your throne of grace towards every single one of us right now. Friends, receive. Receive the love of God. Let the compassionate God come and touch your heart again. Touch my heart again, God.